0: hello and welcome to weed and grub
1: uh what up mary jane how's it going mike amazing we have a guest today what up Danny Danko
0: what's up you guys hi
2: (laughs) yeah I'm so freaking excited
0: I'm having fun this is great weed and grub
2: weed and grub which is a podcast about weed
1: and grub (laughs) and
0: (laughs) And two things I love
2: (laughs) me three with two people I love Thanks. We love you so much. Aww. It's so fucking great to have you here, uh, for our listeners. Danny Danko is uh, one of the world's foremost cultivation experts and writers, and uh, all-around great human. So uh, we're here to talk to him about. Can weed. I call you an
1: OG?
0: Uh, yeah. You don't mind?
1: Because I feel uh, like you're an OG.
0: I mean, I'll take it. There's there's certainly uh, OG Eer people than I than I, who are the OGs to me. But I'll take it. You that's know, what an,
2: that's what an OG would say.
0: I guess. I don't know. I mean, you know, I grew up with like, you know, skateboarding and graffiti and there's different eras of all of those things. And so, you know, it's just varying degrees. Like what's old school? I mean, now people talk about, you know, the two thousands being old school. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) It's like an OG,
1: like an original generation gangster.
0: Right. Right. But the OGs to me are, you know, Jack Harrow and Lester Grinspoon and Dr. Todd McCorea and people like that. I mean, those are the real OGs to me. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to be an OG to someone else. You are. Yeah, to, to me. To the younger sprouts. I uh,
2: <laughs> 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 I uh, was uh, with you at a cannabis event, and I saw a grown man cry when he met you.
0: Oh. Yep. Yeah.
2: You meant a lot to him. You really did in your legacy as a someone who's carrying on other people's legacies, you know? Well,
0: I mean it's, that's super awesome to hear. And I love that, but it's about the cannabis and I'm, I'm a conduit for that. Like for me, it's the plant comes first. I'm not, uh, you know, it, it's not about me. And I, you know, you, we see that sometimes where people make it all about themselves. I, I, as, as much as I understand that inclination and, and I get it, uh, I try to resist it and I try as hard as I can to just put the emphasis back on cannabis because that's what that's what we're all in this for i'm not you know i'm not interested in in celebrity or or praise or any of that i mean like let the praise go to the plant and and to the real ogs that are passed away and uh didn't get to see what what we've gotten to see you know which is all the changes and stuff um Again like it's so it's super gratifying. I'm not trying to diminish it. It's awesome to hear that people learn to grow but f- for me or they became political about cannabis because of me or that cannabis saved their life um, and, and that I played a role in that is humbling and amazing and awesome but again like all, all praises be to to the, the plant.
2: Can you uh, tell us about how you came to love? weed like where, <laughs> where where did it all start for you yeah how did it happen wow. uh, I mean.
0: well it started at a young age i was really um you know i was interested from i don't even i mean I, it's you know i was basically 12 years old when i first got interested in, in cannabis i was listening to you know bob marley and grateful dead and you know getting interested in in sort of you know the more uh noodlier of the classic rock <laughs> genre, <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it was, it seemed like an interesting alternative, um, to alcohol. And then once I tried it, I just really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel good. It made me feel right. I had been through, um, you know, like everyone, you know, some trauma in life and, and it just helped to ease the pain of that. And, and anytime you have, I think unresolved grief or any kind of, um, issues, in your life, you know people seek solutions for that, and I thought, you know, that this was basically the the safest solution.
1: What was the <laughs> first piece, or how did you smoke?
0: I <laughs> well, there was a couple of times because you know you don't. Some people don't get high the first time, and I, I remember smoking out of a snowbank for the first time. My <laughs> friend, my friend Tom, I was away in, at school. I went to boarding school uh, for junior high, and and my friend had some some weed, and you know we had listened to some Mar- Bob Marley uh and you know we were i was interested he was already a smoker and then he was like oh we, we didn't have papers we didn't have a bowl he uh fashioned a basically a pipe out of a snowbank he like you know That's basically a- like a- dug a hole in the snowbank and made like two holes and and created a bowl and put some weed in there and lit it and took a hit and smoke came out of his mouth and you know i tried it and it was it was fun and but then i didn't really feel it much Can that I, first it, time
1: just the fact that you for your first time smoked a plant out of the earth <laughs> like literally out of the earth is right. incredible
0: <laughs> yeah, it that's was, also
2: a nod to like your roots as a person from you know like
0: from new england and russia and <laughs> russia right 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 well this happened yeah this happened in new england but yeah and definitely you know cold weather plays a role so so we did we smoked out of the snowbank but then i didn't really feel it too much that time and then later uh another friend's older brother basically rolled like three different joints, one for me, one for my friend and one for himself. And then we smoked and I got high and that was like, okay, I like this. I want to keep doing this. And, uh, I kind of gained a name for it a little bit in like those days too. Like I didn't hide it that much. And I was kind of like the, you know, the pothead of Uh of the bunch, you know, and even the teachers used to joke about it. And like, it was kind of like a, um, I don't know, like a, one of those secrets that everyone knows, sure. did <laughs> I you guess. Have, did you
2: have like a, like a, cause you were a skater too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like the hair got a little longer and the eyes got a little redder yeah. and uh, you know, you know, I'd wear the t-shirts and stuff. It, it just, you know, they, they couldn't catch me actually smoking, but they definitely knew I was high a lot. And I kind of might've had an influence on some of the other kids as well uh cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that you know then I didn't really see I didn't really have any interest in growing until a few years later when I actually saw a small grow room a friend of mine showed me a little uh, closet space that he had and and my friend um was growing like a quarter pound every three months in this little closet and I just thought wow I can not believe it like you can create this at home and, and the quality was way better than anything anybody had. He had gotten seeds in Amsterdam and had done this whole project and he had a pumpkin growing in there too, which I remember, which I thought was pretty super cool. And yeah, and that's when kind of my eyes opened to, Hey, like, you know, this could be a whole thing.
2: Wow. <laughs> was the pumpkin like a canary in the coal mine? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Cause the pumpkin leaves would attract like spider mites before they would hit the cannabis. Um, and I think, yeah, it was like a canary in the coal mine. It was like something to divert the insects and pests. But I just thought it was it looked cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's one of the things I loved about reading D- Dear Danko, your column, <laughs> which in, in high times, which has been running for how long now?
0: Yeesh. Uh, over a decade. I guess I started that uh, when Jorge stopped. Uh, yeah, around 2009 or 10. So maybe eight or eight years or so. Q um, and A.
2: It's expert grow advice for all levels of growers who write <laughs> in with like questions like, for, you know, how do I get rid of spider mites? to, Oh my god, all my fan leaves are yellow. Or right. I killed my plant. Can I bring it back to life? And you g- you give like pretty. Uh, I mean, it's always sage and wonderful advice, but it's pretty non judgmental too. Like you seem <laughs> like you come from a place where you're like, no matter what level you are, I can help you out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's kind of a selfish motivation. I just want people to grow better pot because I I want to smoke better pot. So. The more, you know, the quality improves overall, you know, worldwide, the better it is for me. And I always love. <laughs> <laughs> and them. And reading know. too,
2: like how you really encourage uh, like bio sustainability and practices like using spider mites and what's it called when you like release oh, predators. predators, right
0: and- predator insects and beneficial bugs and things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because a lot of the advice you've given is for people who are growing at home, right? Mm-hmm. Like not large scale places right. using. But now you're giving, you're consulting for bigger companies, right?
0: I mean, you know, the grows are getting bigger. That's, you know, when I started 20 years ago, you know, writing about growing, it was, you know, if you had 10 or 15 lights, that was a big grow. And now I'm seeing hundreds and hundreds of grow lights in huge facilities that are, you know, a million square feet where, you know, that was just unfathomable in like the 1990s or even 2000s.
2: Have you seen a grow yet that completely blew your mind?
0: yeah yeah in Canada in uh, Alberta I was uh, I was in Calgary and Edmonton and in Edmonton uh, at Aurora facilities they have 875,000 square foot facility it's like run by robots yeah pretty intense they they went over to Europe to uh, to get some of the experts from greenhouses over there you know in Denmark and places where they really don't have a very long season to grow their vegetables and and so they got these people that come in and just you know I don't know. It's hard to even describe the size. We went up in a helicopter above these things just to see the vastness of the facility. And, you know, like I said, everything's run by robots. There's barely any human interaction with the plant. And, you know, because of contamination reasons and all kinds of, you know, just automation, it's all all crazy it's like a <laughs> laboratory
2: i just picture that moment you in a helicopter over that grove like you you're like the willy wonka in the glass elevator like <laughs> like yeah yeah it is amazing
0: <laughs> it is amazing but at the same time you know the bigger you grow the more you sacrifice quality and that's not a dig at that grow or any grow in particular but it's just the way of the, the way of the plant is that you know anytime you're trying to create you know you mass produce Cannabis, your the quality is going to suffer a bit. Now these days it's not as important because you're not just growing for flower. You're growing for concentrates and distillates and edibles and you know just topicals. There's so many different you know things you can do with the plant now to process it. And so the flower itself isn't as important. But I'm old school. I love flowers. I love to smoke a joint and. You know, I love craft quality flowers, and you don't really grow craft quality on a huge scale. You know, you really gotta tone it down. That's why I kind of encourage people to grow their own, even, you know, even though they have that availability if they want it out in the world.
2: I uh, have some friends in Canada who are. Uh, like super conflicted because they're stoked about legalization and they're also going to the store and buying flour legally for the first time in retail shops like in my hometown <laughs> uh and really not receiving what up is this mids. saint john and, and saint john's yeah, in newfoundland yeah in newfoundland yeah and uh and my friend uh sent me a picture and he's like first legal weed buy it looks like you know it's just mids, kind of like mids. Mids. Yeah, yeah well
0: you know they also have the right to grow four plants per household. And what's interesting about that is the limit is on the amount of plants, but not the size of the plant. So you can grow bigger plants. I mean, especially indoors, you have you know you control how big the plant gets by how long you want to keep that plant in its vegetative stage, and then you induce flowering whenever you want. You can veg a plant for a month and a half and and get a huge plant, you know, or even longer if you'd like. Or you can you know veg a plant for a week and get a much smaller plant, but if you're limited in the number of plants, you just want to grow bigger plants and people every household in Canada has that right now, which is amazing.
1: That's why you have a chimney, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's also it's just, you know, all this worry about corporate cannabis and Marlboro and oh that's all all these companies are taking over. Well look, the alternative is going to jail. So let's let's like not forget what you know, all of this is pointed towards. It's pointed towards ending, you know, the, the injustices of marijuana prohibition. And if we have to pay a little bit extra taxes or deal with a le- little bit of overregulation because of it, it's not the end of the world. And people need to kind of realize that. these People that are growing up in these legal landscapes have no idea what it was like in the underground back in the day for people who risked their families, they risked their freedom, and they risked life and limb. Uh, to produce cannabis. And so, you know, let's let's put it into perspective. And the fact that you can grow those four plants can take you completely out of that corporate cannabis system if you so choose. So even if you can't grow those four plants, your neighbor can, and you can, you know, share with them. And, you know, the mom and pops and the co-ops and all of these things can survive in a legal landscape. You just have to demand it and and want it.
1: And my... I'm going to timestamp this, but I have to, because we're filming this after recording this after the midterms, but I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like shout out Missouri, shout
0: out to Missouri who passed a medical law and Michigan who passed a rec law and Utah, which passed a medical law. I mean, these are all huge steps in the direction of cannabis freedom. And, uh, yeah, we can't, uh, there's no turning back. I mean, that's the truth. And, You know, as the prices drop and all these things happen and the regulations come in and the taxes and all the other things we have to worry about, we can't forget what it used to be like. And, you know, that's that's just the way that I guess that's our task, too, is to sort of educate the younger people as to like what what it used to be like so that they can appreciate what it's like today.
2: And the way it still is in a lot of the country.
0: Oh, my God. And in other countries where you can still be executed for cannabis. So, you know, we got a long way to go. We want social use. We want people released from prison. We want, you know, people to be able to grow their own all over. And so the fight, can you know, continues. But um, we've certainly come a long way. It's, it's pretty awesome.
2: What is it like here in New York right now? I mean, we're, we're recording here in New York. We live, obviously, in Los Angeles. And so we're in this sort of bubble. Right. And then coming to New York, I sort of forget you know I traveled with I had a vape pen in my bag and didn't really think about it I don't think it's that big a deal but what what's life like here right now for cannabis consumers
0: um well we're definitely in limbo I mean we have a medical law but it's it doesn't allow for flowers and it's you know pretty expensive and overregulated. and so there's you know there's people in in the space that are you know starting to get their foothold because they're anticipating some future changes and you know in the same midterms that just happened we uh we actually got a Democratic upstate uh, Senate and Congress. So that's kind of been the stumbling block here, along with, you know, Cuomo, who's liberal, but not, you know, a super supporter of cannabis, although Cynthia Nixon has pulled him, you know, in that direction. So there will be some changes here soon, obviously, because New Jersey is going fast. Um And if they go, you know, New York's not going to let them, (laughs) you know, be one path train away from wreck, you know, wreck cannabis. It's going to happen here. It's just um, we also don't have referendums that we can vote on. Uh, It all has to come through our legislature. And, you know, for a long time, that's been the stumbling block is, uh, you know, upstate. We have all these prison guard unions and all these towns that are just based on, you know, housing people from the city that get busted for shit. So it's, you know. But again, that's changing as well. And so New York's going to happen. The whole industry is moving its way east these days, Um, you know, with Maine and Massachusetts and Rhode Island and even Florida, uh, you know, it's really, and now Michigan is a huge step in that direction as well. So um, things are changing, but they can't happen fast enough. New York has such a thriving cannabis culture, but yet such a, um, you know, still kind of way behind when it comes to the law reform.
2: And some of the best weeds still, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're famous for the sour diesel, of course, and like the delivery service scene that's that's been here, and the piff, you know, like that uptown haze that everybody loves, or not everybody, I should say, but <laughs> some people love and some people don't love. But, um, th- yeah, there's a thriving cannabis culture here. There has been since, you know, the 60s and 70s. Um, you know, High Times has been here since 74. The Yippies are, you know, based out of here, and... You know, uh, the the protest culture is here as well. It's just been really tough um, for a state that, you know, bills itself as so, so liberal and so progressive. We're we're still pretty far behind when it comes to cannabis.
2: The Yippies were uh, the protest group that was formed under the leadership of Tom Forsad and Ab- Abby Hoffman. Right.
0: And yeah, Dana Beale was involved. Mm-hmm. So there's you know, there's still people around from that era here in new york and, and they were like
2: running around and pieing people in the face at national republican <laughs> conventions and stuff right absolutely yeah you know,
0: and i think humor is a great way to you know poke fun at this the silliness of of bureaucracy and the drug war and and you know the government to begin with it's funny some people who who you know smoke a lot of pot actually take themselves really seriously <laughs> <laughs> so serious <laughs> you know yeah. yeah um so we could all use a, use a laugh i think that's what the beatles used to say when they were smoking pot uh, they would say let's go have a laugh
2: yeah Oh shit. <laughs> nice that's yeah so that was important. like their that was
0: their code yeah. and that happened here their, their their first toke was here in new york city with Alaranoitz at the hotel here with the yeah. Yeah. It, Bob wow. Dylan and wow. the Beatles, yeah. He thought they they smoked pot because they said uh, I get high, I get high, but it was I can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> so he like misinterpreted their lyric and like, you know, thought they were cooler than they were oh, and man. then ended up making them cooler than they were and changing the course of, you know, music and and history.
2: By getting the Beatles high. Yeah, what a (laughs) plan! Can we talk about your book, man? Sure,
0: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. well, I wrote a book. This is my second book. I wrote a strain book in 2011, um, and this one is a how to grow book, but it's for beginners because I figure there's a lot of entry level people, a lot of people uh, interested in getting started. And I wanted something, you know, simple for them to kind of dip their toe because there's a lot of intimidating sort of textbook stuff out there, which I've read and which you do need um, ultimately to be an expert grower. But I really wanted, um, you know, something easily digestible to get people, you know, just to understand the basic concepts and be able to grow their own and then take it from there.
2: So you can buy this book without knowing anything about growing anything or do you need a green thumb no not at all
0: i mean it starts with an explanation of a well why you would even be in why why to grow your own because i mean if you can go to a store and buy it why would you grow it um so it, it explains why um you know meaning like you know you know what went into it and what the strain is for your particular needs and whether there was pesticides or overfeeding or any kind of the you know problems that could have been caused And also um, It's like cheaper, you know, it's pennies to the dollar when you're growing it yourself and it's fun Yeah, so all those things together, you know, and uh, God if it's if you're growing for medicinal purposes if you're a patient and it's like Healing you then it's it's there's nothing like creating your own medicine like that. That's that's a healing process in and of itself so there's lots of reasons why um, and then it gets into photosynthesis and just understanding how plants convert light into energy, which is an interesting process to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, getting into strains and then getting into, you know, germination and vegeting, vegetating, flowering, cloning, you know, figuring, figuring out males and females. Of is there the troubleshooting in there too? Troubleshooting all kinds of, uh, you know, pests and mold and, you know, things can go wrong, of course, if you don't have the right... Uh, climate for your plants so it's really all about controlling the environment creating the right environment for plants to thrive giving them enough light and water and food and then just staying out of the way that sounds yeah and then processing you know harvesting is such a big thing like nothing that you buy at the store has been you know properly dried and cured and stored it's all meant for for you know shelf to just to to you know to move it's not um it's not cured you know no grower is going to go through the trouble of curing weed that's not they're not going to smoke themselves but when you're doing it you, for yourself you can and you get a, a way better quality product you know? is
2: this like hanging an Iberico ham for like 18 months <laughs> kind of thing
0: similar similar yeah you, you hang it to dry and then you know you you put it into jars to cure it um but this is a process that you know like i said 99 percent of the cannabis in the world does not go through this process so um, and it really does fine tune it and take it from, you know, being whatever you want, you know, mids to, you know, grade A you know, kind bud.
2: And what is that? What is that like? What is that difference for like anyone who's listening who's never had the opportunity <laughs> to smoke that kind of kind bud?
0: Well, I mean, it's it, the, the, the aroma is amazing. Then, you know, the taste when you're smoking it, the burnability, which I think is really important and also very lacking because, again, most commercial cannabis is Overfed, and what happens is, it, it you know you you end up with a, a a product that smells and tastes okay, but doesn't burn properly. And I call it like pretendica. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it it looks the part, but it doesn't play the role that you want it to play. Um, so you know, when it burns to a clean white ash and uh, stays lit and doesn't need to be you know you don't need to keep relighting it like a piece of charcoal or something. Um, th- those are the important things for for connoisseurs you know and i think for patients too because you don't want all those excess uh salts and minerals and things in a medicine and a connoisseur doesn't want it in their you know product that they're you know enjoying and being an aficionado of you know so yeah when when you smoke a lot and when you've experienced a lot of different cannabis you really want it to be top-notch and the the really the only way to do that is either to purchase it from someone who you know did went through all these processes or Mm -hmm. do it yourself
2: do you feel like you notice the difference between like that pretendica and that like top shelf grade a like you would between like crappy wine that's full of self sulfites that's a three dollar bottle and like a beautiful is it that sort of comparison like yeah you won't have a headache you'll feel better you'll enjoy less right like it takes less to make you feel good right i mean
0: think about like you know The kind of cigars that, you know, the old man at the track smokes Mm -hmm. versus, you know, like a fancy Cuban Cohiba or Monte Cristo or something. The difference is quite palpable. I mean, you know, it's just it's the same plant, but the processing, the growing and everything is just done completely differently. And you end up with an entirely different product. Um, And, you know, there might be a place for for all those products and there's a place for all the mids in the world, but not in my cupboard. (laughs) that's the sound bite (laughs) not in my (laughs) cover. you know nor nor most (laughs) most of the people i know you know you've judged cannabis cups many times uh with us and so you know um you know if you're in southern california and you're judging indica flowers you're gonna get a bunch of og kushes you know and kush you know hybrids and things like that so you know, at that point, you're not really judging the strain, you're judging the grower. And if you're judging the grower, part of that is the, the burnability, the, you know, the, the quality of the cannabis at that point, the, the, the way they were able to get that strain to live up to its full potential.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite things was always watching actually, just like I would sit around and watch you and some of the other, like, you know like weed nerds terp heads <laughs> super enthusiasts and you would just like look and smell before ever even you know grinding anything up and it was like what does it look like you'd hold it up you'd look at the the sort of the frost on the nugs and all of that kind of stuff and then talk about how it smelled and all of that stuff before any before getting to the burnability factor right
0: right right and then you know everyone always says like well how do you judge you know how do you judge the high how do you judge the high and you know you're smoking 50 strains and uh, all at once and You know there's so much more to it than just the high um and the ones that you know have it will shine through you know Mm -hmm. the cream always rises to the top if, if you um if you're a connoisseur you'll find you'll find the good ones yeah yeah
1: hey mary jane
2: what's up mike You like edibles? I love edibles.
0: Heya,
1: have you ever wanted to make them at home hassle-free? Oh
2: my god, are you talking about the magical butter machine?
1: Yeah, it's the easiest, most consistent way to make edibles at home.
2: If you make edibles, you need this machine. It takes all of the effort out of the process and you don't have to waste a whole day making your infusions at home, like you do sometimes.
1: You seriously, you do without this machine. With this machine, you can make butter, oil, tinctures at the touch of a button.
2: You simply add your herbs and butter, cooking oil or grain alcohol, set your time and temperature and the machine does the rest. It's
1: literally set and forget it. High Power Immersion Blender chops up your botanicals, while the internal heating unit maintains perfect temp for your infusion.
2: The Magical Butter Machine comes with everything you need to make extractions at home. Included with your machine is a reusable Purify filter bag for straining and the heat-resistant silicone love glove. The Magical Butter Machine is backed by a 60-day satisfaction guarantee and covered by a manufacturer's one-year limited warranty.
1: Yeah, so go to MagicalButter.com and use the promo code WEEDANDGRUB at checkout. Save 30 bucks off your purchase.
2: Get your own Magical Butter Machine today. MagicalBetter.com promo code weed and grub
1: Check it out. You are not only an OG to me, but you're also the Ina Garten of, <laughs> of cannabis because you're making it accessible while still maintaining like a Hamptons level. <laughs>
0: Don't tell Jeffrey, but I packed his bowl with OG Kush.
2: <laughs> Don't tell Jeffrey. Yeah. That, that's Ina Garten, right? Yeah, now. that is. Oh hell yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah you know um so yeah I mean getting back to the book like that was the plan basically to get people to um you know grow and like now again Michigan now there's 12 plants they can grow anyone you don't need a doctor's permission or you know you don't have to apply for a license you can just grow these plants and I think it's gonna be a big thing I'm hoping
2: yeah what do you, what's the, what's the like the coolest thing that you're excited about right now in cannabis? Is it like anything in like the dab world or hmm. any product that you've seen lately that kind of, flipped
0: I mean, your... you know, we love the Puffco Peak. That's, yes. that's a, a, you know, a great product that's very life changing. I think in a lot of ways kind of bridging the gap between the dab rig and the vape pen um, to give you like a really good representation of the essence of the flower is how I put it. It's like the essential oil of cannabis Mm -hmm. and you can taste it in its, you know, perfection basically without a torch, which, you know, turns some people off obviously. And, you know, it's just a very clean way to consume, uh, concentrates. Yeah. And that is a lot of alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) Which, as a writer, I can appreciate Yeah. <laughs>
2: that and weed puns. <laughs> oh, man. You got them. Yeah. You have them all. <laughs> and weed jokes, too.
0: Right. That's true.
2: Got, got any good ones? <laughs> got a good one for me.
0: Weed jokes. Uh, well, there's two potheads uh, leaning up against a tree, smoking a joint, and a guy walks up to him and says, hey, don't you guys know that's going to make you ignorant and apathetic? And one guy turns to the other and says, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> 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 <Good one. laughs> uh, that's like a State of the
1: Union b- icebreaker. Right. You- <laughs> 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 <It's amazing. laughs>
0: right. Right. Um, and you know, there's like a lot of interesting things going on with cannabis now. You know, like I love weed as much as the next guy, but now you have like cannabis lubes, you know, and yeah. things like that. It's like they're great. People, <laughs> people can't even take a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? For yeah,
1: yeah. could I could I ask you about <laughs> culture, man? Because I feel like you like not like I don't like everything that surrounds cannabis. You're also pretty into it seems like from I don't know. Like if I feel like yes, this is like a, like this is the center, but you're also into a lot of other things that are mm-hmm. surrounding it.
0: Yeah, I mean it seems like it it's it's plays a role in a lot of things i mean obviously you know if you if you're into music and and skateboarding and art and you know it seems like cannabis is just a part of all those things in a lot of ways um and they're all kind of subcultures too an interesting thing like you know like as far as authenticity in these different cultures um because they kind of start in the underground they're usually they're usually started by you, the youth you know in a lot of ways like the younger crowd um, creates a culture for themselves and then it sort of works its way into the mainstream and how it makes its way from the underground out you know kind of plays a role in, in how people view it and you know it happened with graffiti art let's say aerosol art from the 80s till now you know that's in galleries and things like that but it was underground, it was illegal. and so was cannabis growing, and so was you know some of the, some of these like extreme sports and things. And so you know kind of how you parlay that authenticity from the underground into the real world situations is kind of interesting. And when people do that as well, I mean, there's still people that are still in the cannabis underground and will stay there forever. And it's like that with those other cultures too. Yeah. Um, and then there's people who who feel like maybe they came out of it too soon You know, I, I think hacking too is kind of one of those cultures, you know, it's a youth culture Kind of on the illegal side But like all the best hackers now are kind of working for companies and the government to stop, you know What they did in the past and you know, you can see that uh, in other cultures, too Yeah, I think you know, like even people from the activism world that are going into, you know, these bigger businesses and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. It's interesting. And again, I'm, I, I don't judge because there's a place for all of it. I think there's a place for business. There's a place for activism. And, um, you know, uh, as long as the plant is there and people are, you know, it, it's helping people live better lives, then I'm all for it.
2: I'm fascinated by that idea that hacking is a culture and like part of the subculture or counterculture, because I was just wondering, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, as someone who grew up in the 80s i was used to being part of the sort of that like i used to hang out with the skaters and listen to punk rock and like i thought graffiti was like cool and radical and all that kind of stuff and now that i'm you know a little more kind of settled and mainstream in my life i wonder where where that is and it is kind of like in the cyber world to a large degree right i think counterculture is online
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you're seeing that also with like the cryptocurrency and and the the way that's you know shaping out like a blockchain and things you know it's still kind of shaking itself out and people are figuring out what role it's going to play in the future but it will be something i mean yeah. it's you know obviously in one way or the other and you know um look at the music industry look at all these industries they all change you know there's you know i wrote a book and we're talking about my book but there's no money in books <laughs> you know the book is like a calling card for appearances and and for events and to do um you know more yeah to consult and and you know spread the word but it's really you know it's about the next book and and, an event and and you know being out in the world and, and teaching and things like that and doing things like this podcasting you know spreading the message
2: and you're going to a bunch of live events and like talking i mean people can see you all over the country now right like weren't you just in hawaii
0: uh, I will be in Hawaii in February for Hawaii Cannabis Expo. I was just in Miami, Florida um, for an event down there that we did a book signing. And uh, yeah, all over the place. It's been fun. I'm going to Mexico City for the first time what? Uh, in December for Encuentro Canabico in Mexico City uh, on December 8th and 9th, and I'm very excited for that as well. Yeah. Uh, do you a, do,
2: like, uh, sort of, like, meet and greets and stuff? Can people look you up and come and, like, shake yeah. your hand and smoke with you?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're all different. Sometimes I do, it like, a, a, like a grow seminar with a book signing at the end. Um, sometimes it's, like, a meet and greet I down in Florida. They just kind of ask questions, and, um, you know, I kind of led people through the growing process, and... Yeah, it's it's all different stuff, but if, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, actually like meeting people face to face and answering their questions and having them them buy books and signing it to them and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's fulfilling. It, it feels good.
2: Yeah.
1: Is there a a snack they should bring you if they really
0: want to meet you? <laughs> well, Lemonheads, <laughs> oh, yes. Lemonheads are definitely my candy of choice, uh, as far as candy goes. Uh, and my son knows that too. We just had Halloween. If if he gets lemonheads, like he knows to give them to dad. Uh, everything else he can keep, but lemonheads go to me. Is it the cheek thing? You know, I don't. It's the. They're just sour. I'm not a big chocolate person. Uh, I. It doesn't, I, I like citrusy, soury kind of. Mm-hmm. late <laughs> that flavor yeah, profile terpy. Terpy. i guess that's the turp that's the ter- you know it's different in cannabis though sometimes i like you know more spicy kind of um hazy side of things in cannabis as well so
2: yeah what do you did? what's your sort of go-to what is a spicy hazy
0: yeah i mean i'm kind of all over the place i like you know the spicy hazy stuff uh in the day as, as i'm like trying to accomplish tasks and things like that and then um, more on the indica side in the evenings when when you know it's time to relax and chill. And I've been doing a lot of uh, edible consumption lately because I've I'm not drinking. So, uh, with in the absence of alcohol, like you know the, that combination alcohol and edibles doesn't always work out for me mm. or didn't always work out. But now that I'm not drinking, I can eat edibles and uh, and not have to worry so much about you know spins or any kind of negative uh, kind of effects from that combo. And I've been really exploring the whole edible world and and really enjoying it. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you can overdo it. You know, I've definitely gone to places I I needed to um, basically just chill and relax and and sleep off. But again, that's the worst that can happen with cannabis. If if you replace, uh, you know, opiates or or alcohol or even things like nicotine and, and sugar in your life with cannabis. You'll live extra years mm-hmm. of your life and better years. Um yeah. and you know, that's what Jack Harrer used to say all the time, and and I take that to heart as well. It's 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 uh it's undeniable. I mean, even do- even doctors can't disagree with that. So it's actually, you know, it's a great argument for for that. And we have an epidemic on our hands, obviously, with the opiates and and all of that. So I think it's an interesting alternative to, to, uh, to all those things. And,
2: and, and that's, safer. Yeah. Safer. Safer
0: than, you know, than sugar. Yeah. Safer than nicotine. Safer than, uh, all those things.
2: And that uncomfortable experience that you might have if you do ingest more than you feel, you know, good about with cannabis is, you know, you can sleep it off yeah. and the next day you don't even have a hangover. It goes away. Yeah. yeah. You know, Yeah, Maureen Dowd uh, and her, you know, 1,000 milligrams in a Denver (laughs) bathroom.
0: Moto. That's called pulling a moto. (laughs) For anyone
2: who doesn't know, Maureen Dowd writes for the New York Times and she went to Denver and like just wantonly oh. ate you know a bunch of chocolate
0: thousand milligram bars yeah like that. and like yeah. had a glass
2: of chardonnay right and then felt terrible of course because it was way more than she should have ingested yeah and th- but then she wrote a whole piece about how she it was awful and was like well what happened to you you were fine <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i mean again a cannabis overdose is a nap so right? like you <laughs> know you wake up from a nap and um that, you can't say that about, you know, fentanyl and all these other things that are out there. Oxycontin and yeah, yeah, even even worse. So
1: I, I like OD'd recently <laughs> on cannabis. On, I mean, it was it was a show where I had to like just smoke and eat as much as possible before <laughs> performing. And uh, Mary Jane texted me and was like, "Hey, how was the show?" And I just wrote back, "I left right away. I'm in an Uber. I have to close my eyes." <laughs> and that was it. So. You know,
2: you said I have to go home and close all my eyes. Oh yeah. And I was like, "All your eyes." <laughs> was like oh th- right, you have a third eye because yeah. <laughs> you're so stoned. Oh, wow. <laughs> my wow. Uh, experience with like kind of being like, Uh-oh, was, uh oh, was I came home. Uh, my my house sitter had left me a bowl of pasta in the fridge with a note saying, "Eat this," and I ate the entire thing. And then half an hour later, was like, "Oh God, damn it!" And I texted him and was like, "Yo, was there a weed in that?" And he was like, "Of course, smiley face." And I was like, "Fuck, oh, I see, ate the whole thing."
0: People need to be responsible. That's dosing someone. He and didn't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, then he. I slept for sixteen hours. I missed a dinner that I was supposed to go to in Hoboken. Oh no. Oh no. And then the next day, <laughs> I texted him and I was like, "Yo, like, I really had shit to do." And he's like, "Well." You're welcome. When is the last time you slept for 16 hours? Also, I saved you a trip to New Jersey.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. well, you know, I guess there's a, you know, there's a bright side to it. But in my uh, in my years, I've definitely I'm an anti dosing person. Right. You know, like I don't think you should dose people Uh, and you shouldn't assume that people know that there's weed in the food
1: right good point <laughs> i've I've never tied somebody's shoelaces together, and then they've enjoyed that idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> people should be careful with uh weed food. it should be properly labeled and all that and that's you know again the people talk about regulations, but that's a sensible regulation you know like if you're gonna have gummies in your house, you don't want you know toddlers getting into your ganja gummies, so you know figure it out, be responsible it's you know cannabis use is can be responsible and should be responsible and and you can't let you know weed be an excuse for you know
2: yeah if you treat it with the same respect that you would treat anything else that you don't want your kids eating like a stick of butter or <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know. mean i love these weed infused dinners that are out there though these days like there's weed infused dinners where it's like eight courses the more you eat, the hungrier you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, you're just like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's just like this slow buildup of like high until you get to dessert and you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, is there any food here that doesn't get you high? Because I'm hungry, but I don't know if I can get more high.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Help. You're at
1: dinner looking at Seamless.
0: Like, oh, man, <laughs> what are we
1: doing? Uh, I, I, have. There's a lot of online questions. Yeah, let's can get to I pull it.
2: We them have up. I'm yeah. wildly
1: unprepared, so oh, I need awesome. to pull them up. So yeah. can we keep talking
0: and yeah, I'll get of course. ready? Yeah, absolutely. That's What's awesome. What's your
2: favorite thing you're smoking right now?
0: Uh, favorite thing I'm smoking right now, Kemper Fi. I've been smoking my friends at uh, Excelsior Extracts. Um, here on the East coast, um, grown with sweet leaf nutrients. Oh yeah. Uh, which so is you're, a brand. A, you're part of sweet leaf. I am. Yeah. Um, my friend John started the company and, uh, it's a nutrient brand, um, a plant food basically for yep. people who, yeah. So you feed it to your plants. Um, the interesting thing for me was, again, it's a philosophy of light feeding. A lot of nutrient brands real, you know, they, they recommend you use more of their product because they want you to finish the bottle and start a new bottle. Right. Mm-hmm. And you end up with overfed plants, mm-hmm. you know, they're not dead, but they're just overfed. And so they're not at the highest quality that they could be. And you'll, you'll see that the pictures of plants with like burnt leaf tips. And that's a sure sign that the plant was overfed if the tips of the leaves are burnt. Um, and then over time that that problem gets worse. Uh, but it's a it's a epidemic in cannabis. Everybody kind of overfeeds their plants. You think, oh, more food, bigger plant, but it doesn't work that way. And uh, sweet leaf philosophy was basically um you know lighter feeding use less of the nutrients you know but dial it in at the right parts per million Mm -hmm. um just to feed the plant properly and not to overfeed it and you end up with just a a way better product and you end up losing less nutrients so it's cheaper too uh on that note but uh Kemper it's a chem dog strain um you know kind of you know more on the hybrid side because chem dogs are a little indica dominant but this one's kind of right kind of in the middle uh and it's great for pain relief tastes amazing uh and the way that it was grown like i said by experts um and lightly fed makes it just like a clean wispy burning to a clean white ash um even at the end of a joint you know you can still taste it perfectly and i think that's uh you know It's a testament to the strain and a testament to the growers.
2: I'm so excited. What do we have? What do we got?
1: Well, it's so funny. The first one I brought up was someone saying, please, I have to know what his favorite strain is.
0: (laughs) Well, like Kemper is the one I'm smoking right now. I think if I had to pick like a, you know, like a desert island strain, it would be strawberry cough. I I answer this question a lot and it's almost always going to be strawberry cough because, you know, I grow it. I grew it. I love it. Um, It's unique. It's Uh, uplifting it's electric boogie boogie, woogie (laughs) woogie
2: and you know the creator
0: (laughs) I'm not the creator but you know the creator Uh, well kind of yeah yeah I mean Cushman sort of discovered it and uh, his friend Stewie and you know our our pals in Connecticut basically created it on on accident you know kind of on accident Mm -hmm. some of the best strains come out of you know basically happy accidents you know bag seed that just you know rises to the top Chemdog is the same way.
2: Was popped from a seed from a Grateful Dead contour right. baggie, right? Right. Yeah. Almost
0: 30 years ago now. 91. Um, 91. Yeah. Yeah. Deer um, Creek, yeah. Indiana. So, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and then people kept it alive all these years. And that's the important thing. Some strains have been lost over, over time. Hmm. Um, you know, like the legendary, the roadkill skunk. Like, that's one from the 80s that people always talk about, the roadkill. And it may or may not still exist, but who knows and that's you know what happened when people sort of hoarded their strains back in the day is that every once in a while you just lose one to to eternity
1: Mm. are there are there those rare strains where it's like almost like a whiskey where oh we made seven of these and that's all there is in the world
0: yeah yeah i mean there's definitely rare stuff out there like that and certainly when you're popping f1 seeds if you don't uh keep a mother plant of a particular strain you could grow it out and flower it and find out that it's the most amazing thing you ever smoked, but that's it. It's gone because you don't have a seed of it and you don't have a clone of it. So, you know, there's ways, you know, genetically, especially now, I mean, now you can use tissue culture and all kinds of techniques to sort of, yeah, to bring that back. Mm. But you know, we're learning from, from, you know, regular agriculture, you know, orchid farming and all these other ways. Um, you know, how to dial our stuff in, in a way. And they're learning from us too, because huge innovations, you know, in, in horticulture have been made by cannabis farmers, like, you know, and NASA and, you know, Israel and, Mm -hmm. you know, places where, you know, they're, you know, either where they, where they're growing hydroponically because they don't have soil or because they're in space and they need to take a mission to Mars, you know, and, so a lot of that technology comes from us, just like a lot of the internet co- technology comes from porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so right, and then they look down on us. Um, you know, the the straight regular horticulture world looks down on the cannabis grower world and the you know straight internet world or whatever looks down on the porn world, but that's where all the innovation's happening. And it brings us back to that whole underground authenticity idea. You know, I, f- I find a lot of kind of kinship with uh, the adult film world. It's like everybody uses their products, so to speak, yeah. you know, to 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 use as a euphemism. But they're also the first to like shame the people who make the product uh, Yeah. for what they do.
2: Our friend Buck Angel uh, yeah. Has yeah. talked about that on the pod. About it's
0: unbelievable how how, quick, lose touch they are. With that. Yeah. how quick people are. To turn their backs on the thing that they themselves do, yeah, you know, like people who smoke pot, but then you know, want to keep it illegal, or people yeah. who you know use porn, <laughs> yeah, but you know, will turn around and and, and shame yeah. the uh, the actors uh, who mm-hmm. perform mm-hmm. in that, you know, it's it's you know, it's hypocritical, yeah, you know.
1: I know. I've never come. Um, we have. <laughs> We got some
0: questions. <laughs> that explain that actually explains things. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> uh
1: one question is, have you ever smoked out of just the craziest contraption and been like, Wow, this is inventive
0: <laughs> I've definitely smoked out of some wild contraptions for sure. I mean now with the glass uh you know, world being the way it is, like the art glass world is pretty intense. Like um, one time, there was that banjo glass mask we smoked out of at a cannabis cup, and that's you know a mask that you put on that looks like Boba Fett or whatever. And but it's a functional actual pipe, so that was pretty interesting. And then, uh, of course, the snowbank, <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, you know, every other thing you could possibly smoke out of, I guess, you know, from strawberries and corn cob pipes, and you know. Wasn't there aluminum cans NASA, which I certainly don't recommend that
2: indestructible bong that got sent indestructible in? bongs yep. that we've
0: managed to destroy <laughs> 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 um yeah I mean gosh I yeah um chalice like the the ones down in Jamaica where it's like a steamed uh chalice that oh, yeah, they like light the coconut and, uh, thing the coconut thing yeah mm. yeah that's pretty intense um because they just build up smoke and smoke and
2: yeah. All those national joint roller or national joint League crazy <laughs> joints, too. Yeah. Like the creative yeah. rollers who come up with, like, right. I've seen you smoke mm-hmm. like cars and <laughs> 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 rocket ships and oh, yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah.
0: Gravity bongs, too. That's a yeah. crazy one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not it's something I'd probably. I puked, yeah. Be I don't think I'm going to revisit that one. <laughs> that gravity bongs are, are, yeah.
2: It's like a keg stand, but for weed, basically, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The straight up
1: greatest
0: basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what else we got? Even Which like one? the leaf blower. Have oh. you, I mean, you remember that? Like uh, What? Yeah. No. Um, Adam Dunn and the, the guys out, out no. in Colorado, they have a leaf blower where they would put like a pound plus of weed into like a leaf blower and then just like blow the smoke right into <laughs> your face. Fi- I, mean,
2: I saw it at a cup, yeah. like being blown into yeah, a cup. Yeah,
0: they did it first over in Amsterdam, and I think and now it's a Colorado thing, but that's pretty intense when the whole room fills up with smoke and you, you can't help but get high
1: yeah <laughs> holy cow um that's like the ultimate hotbox yeah uh what gosh. Else we well there's a lot of fun ones um, <laughs> we can do some of these rapid fire and then there's some political ones too oh. uh, about like missouri and stuff how much time do we, we have
2: got for? about we got a few minutes like five or ten
1: okay uh do you care about terminology in the weird world and do you wish certain things would go away
0: Oh, uh, well, there's a big th- debate about using the word marijuana and how it's like a racist term or it's Mexican, you know, and it's like a way to put down. But again, like I'm a writer, so I use as many terms as possible. I pot, weed, cannabis, marijuana. I mean, I try to use cannabis as much as possible, but I can't get away with just using one word. And I mean, I'll use ganja, I'll u- whatever. Like, again, I'm a writer, so, you know you go to thesaurus.com and you find another way to say the thing that you're trying to say, because you have to say it a hundred times in one paragraph. So, uh, I'm not a stickler for that. I'm not like one of those people who's like, you have to call it cannabis or, or you're racist or you're this or you're that, you know, I think, uh, most people recognize it as marijuana. Like, that's kind of like, you know, and it's nice to, change that and shift that towards cannabis. But at the same time, if you're trying to make a point and you don't have a long time to make it, you know, make it with whatever word you've got. And if it's marijuana, it's marijuana. If it's pot, it's pot. And if it's cannabis, it's cannabis. Um, or if it's hippie lettuce or jazz cabbage or, you know, whatever. And (laughs) I don't use the word dope, uh, to describe pot personally, Mm -hmm. just because to me, um, it has connotations that are different, but, um, But I know plenty of old timers that do and plenty of people that do. So it's not, it doesn't offend me, but I just personally don't.
2: Where do you fall on the scale of the word stoner being still used to talk about cannabis culture?
0: I mean, I don't, you know, the whole idea of like, oh, we got to change the, you know, it's not the word, it's the feeling, it's the stereotype, it's not the word itself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a stoner. I mean, if, if, if what that means is you're a, cannabis enthusiast you know that's a nicer way to put it but you know they're still looking at you the same way it's not you're not changing the debate by changing the the terminology mm-hmm. i mean that's just semantics so you know I, I i don't again like i i don't judge or whatever but I, I i'm not offended by the word stoner i'm a stoner i'm a proud stoner um you know would i prefer people don't use that term, especially in a derogatory way, sure. But I'd much more prefer that, like, people get out of jail and, you know, people, you know, aren't separated from their families and their dogs aren't being shot in the face. And to me, that's what the things I'm outraged by. Those are the things that offend me. Mm. And it's hard to offend me with a word, mm. whether it be stoner or anything else. I mean, like, I'm offended by the the violence and the injustice that is committed upon... Stoners on a daily basis by the millions. So that's that's what I'm offended by not the word
2: heard
1: Damn, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> preaching, <I'm> preaching. Heard. <laughs> I can
0: get on my soapbox by the way it's word. A good as long box. as the soapbox is filled with weed <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Is there something that you would be doing if you hadn't gone into this world <sighs> and what you do
0: Wow well, I mean I probably have told you this, but I grew up wanting to do up. Yeah. Like that was like my dream. I really, I, you know, I really appreciated, you know, the Robin Williams's and the Bill Hickses and Richard Pryor and all that, that the, my heroes were all uh, comedians growing up because they could tell the truth too. You know, they weren't beholden to anyone. And especially someone like Bill Hicks. I mean, when you can actually like get up there, make people laugh and open their minds, that's to me like the ultimate and i should mention carlin as well and even going back to lenny bruce i mean lenny bruce was a hero of the counterculture and he just got up on stage and told jokes and and he was persecuted for it to the point where like you know he stopped even being funny towards the end because he was so flabbergasted that they were afraid of his words and Mm. so i don't know it's interesting you know we, we talked about punk rock we talked about all these things it's like those are the thing those that's my aesthetic that's what I grew up with that DIY you know extreme sports whatever they want to call it these days but back then it wasn't cool you know like to skate or uh-huh. to do graffiti it was just something that you know we did because it was a way to express ourselves and and you know and I was the weed guy you know like yeah. I always, you know I sold weed I grew weed like you know it was a major part of my identity And so, and I had friends in other lanes, friends who were professional skateboarders, friends who did comedy, friends who became chefs or, or, you know, artists in all kinds of different worlds, graphic artists. and, um, And they all kind of came out of that kind of authentic world into the real world and, you know, paid their dues.
1: I've seen you hold court.
2: I've seen you do bits. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard you do. Bit. I've laughed hard. Well, at I've done a couple. I've
0: done some, some, uh, you know, some roasts. I did the Pinsky roast. I did a Bobby Black roast. I've done some things. That it's, you know, it's scary. You know, it's the stranger. Like I, I, I love making my friends laugh, and I love that that aspect of it. But the idea of getting in front of a bunch of drunk people and that I don't know and trying to make them laugh is kind of a nightmare to me. Mm. So I don't know if it's, you know. I might just stay in my lane and every once in a while I'll drop a couple of gems on them, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, who knows? You never know. I might come out for a glazed show and 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 you know, do a few Please. a few things after, you know. Would you? Please. Thank I would God. love to. Man, I'd be so for that. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I'd love to. You heard to. it here first.
2: Uh-huh. Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. I killed at the roast, by the way. I bet I you did, fucking did. I did kill. What were some of your best jokes? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well,
0: well, well, you know what? I'm going to leave that for another okay. podcast. Well, we'll have you back <laughs> so, so we can hear him. I had some good ones.
2: Yeah. yeah please
1: come back. Uh, so I've got a couple more questions, and one of them I'm going to try and tie into others. But because this guy Nate is from Missouri and he's like this is amazing but also why is it taking so long and what is next and what can i expect Mm -hmm. and i don't know if the question is so much like what's the process look like or how does it how does it take so long i don't know i think he's just in a state of like this is so great but it's not it didn't happen right away so what's the deal
0: well you know it's different in each state and each country where these things happen and um you know, we've seen it develop in different ways. We've seen, you know, pro-cannabis people be against certain bills because it doesn't quite go far enough for them. And, you know, I try to keep a longer view Mm -hmm. and see the big picture and say, okay, these are all baby steps towards a goal. Um, And sometimes you take two steps forward and one step back. So, you know, that's just kind of how politics is. I think it was Bill Clinton or maybe he heard it from someone else, but somebody said that politics is the art of what's possible. In that moment in that time that you're in and so you got to strive towards always getting better but sometimes you got to take what you can get and We got to take what we can get in some cases And I know that's not always what everybody wants to hear and they want to you know treat cannabis like vegetables and tomatoes and just hand them out to everyone in the world and I'm I'm the same way This, This is a plant that saves lives. I want it available to everyone you know on demand I'm like the pole pot of pot I will (laughs) I will literally like take people out of the city and put them out in the fields to grow cannabis for the world to be a better place if I was in power and maybe that's why I shouldn't be in power but you know it can't none of it can happen fast enough for me cannabis freedom could not happen fast enough there's another injustice that's going to happen tomorrow that could be avoided if we legalize pot today so it's never fast enough but that's politics and that's how things are, and I, you know, it's rough sometimes, especially if you're in a place like Missouri, or, you know, God forbid, Indonesia, where there's the death penalty for cannabis, you know, it's going to be a long time before you go from the death penalty to freedom, but as Martin Luther King said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And we're on the right side of history. And that always makes me sleep well at night along with the edibles. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Knowing you're on the right side of history, when, I mean, and you know, of course, people look, oh, cannabis, you know, like it's not that big of a deal, like when there's all these other big problems. And yes, there's bigger problems in the world, but this is the one I chose as my cause and, and, and will make the world a better place and it can and shall and you know however people want to perceive that is fine but to me you know we take what we can get and we keep pushing forward and if you get a law that that you know a medical law and it's not a rec law it's getting the wounded off the battlefield the war continues on where there's more to fight for we got to get people out of jail we got to have social use we got to be have grow your own you know and put everyone out into the fields and to grow cannabis instead of you know the rat race that they're living right now but you know that's down the road yeah the whole pole <laughs> Pol pot thing yes. is, it's <laughs> a, <laughs> and i'm kidding by the way when i say that so no, no. i don't want to obviously you know yeah. making yeah. light of something that's not you know
2: yeah whatever but
1: that's a way to make it accessible <laughs> at least i can like wrap my brain around
2: it <laughs> Danny Danko is yeah in, a,
0: in my perfect world it's the like agrarian you know kind of culture where everyone's out in the fields just like you know
2: tilling the earth
0: tilling the earth yeah nice. and making you know making terps yeah for for the king
2: sounds- <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. uh, <laughs> oh, i want to be in your court
0: <laughs> but my message to him is you know keep fighting and you know take what you can get and then demand more and keep keep taking more because like I said, we're on the right side of history and we got a long way to go. And if it's baby steps, you know, it's baby steps. And if there can be a huge step, I mean, Canada was a huge step. Mm. Michigan is a huge step. These are the, and we're not, there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube, you know, to use a cliche or, or genie back into the bottle. Like once it's out, it's out. People see the taxes, people see the money, people see that the world, you know, doesn't end. The sky doesn't fall. Cannabis freedom is Amazing, and people learn that. What
1: are what are those baby steps that people can take, like joining normal or?
0: I mean, the first step is to vote. You know, there too many people I meet uh, tell me that it doesn't make a difference, or it's this, or it's that, or they're for whatever reason. You got to do it. Bring your kids to do it, and like make a point of it. It's your it's your right as a citizen that people died for. So, you know, if it's inconvenient, too bad. But you got to do it. You know, every chance I get to vote, I vote. I was born in the Soviet Union. Uh, My parents brought me here because of things like that. So you know,
1: I've seen you sneak into high schools to put (laughs) gang ballots in.
0: I mean, my wife calls me Citizen Dan. I like go to jury duty like with on a mission. I I I'm like out there, you know, demanding speed bumps on my (laughs) on my street. That's great. (laughs) You know, I talk to my local politicians. I literally talk to like my city council people and my local people, I ask them how they feel about cannabis. They want to know how you feel. And like there, it's actually pretty interesting when you get them to, to open up about it because that's not the question they usually hear about their stance on cannabis when they're like local city council people and stuff. It's funny. And then you kind of put them on the spot and they have to think about it. And a lot of times they have never even considered considered it and they're on your side. They just don't even know it. Wow. And if they're not, Run for their office and take them out, and and it's not that hard. It's city council; these votes hinge on like a couple hundred votes sometimes.
2: Yeah, Yeah. ooh,
1: yeah. Go to go. So you can do that.
0: Join normal. Start a normal chapter if there isn't one in your town. Um, Those are you know. There's beginner level. There's intermediate level, and then expert level is like go around and you know make it make a point of telling your family and friends and and your the people in your life what it means to you and that it's important.
1: Yeah uh there's two more questions okay. before we wrap up All one right. is from chase kaplan who wants to know how high you can ollie <laughs>
0: <laughs> these days not too high i could probably ollie up a curb uh maybe like <coughs> maybe a, a a tallish curb uh but that's about it these days in the old days probably a couple of skateboards you know
1: yeah
2: could you do the back side. of a, like a park bench
0: yeah, I could probably, I could ollie up on a park bench when I was, you know, when I was in my 20s. <laughs> um, but I had friends who, who were like professional skateboarders. I, I was more like the weed carrier, but um, I can get around. I can skate. Hell I, yeah. I, it's fun. I love it. And uh, still to this day, you know, I'll drop in on the half pipe and catch a couple grinds here and there. Um, I love pool skating. Mm-hmm. There's a pool here at the Al's um, uh, Head Park in Brooklyn. Uh, oh, yeah, I've been to that one. Yeah. That's yeah. a cool little one. Yeah, it's fun. It's only eight feet deep. So it's like, you know, and they have the old man skate jam, <laughs> 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 which I go to and blow love up that. the spot. <laughs>
1: oh, shit. Everyone's like, damn. This is the last question that uh, I liked for these. All uh, right. Here we go. It's a lot of people saying, oh, my God, I love him. Tell him hi or oh. tell him like he's given me such good advice. That's amazing. So that's really cool. Yeah. And to go back to skating, this is a great question, I think, because it.
2: Oh, wait, we have a screaming, There's screaming a baby. baby. The baby doesn't like the podcast. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> give it some CBD.
2: Oh, Can you do like, that? Yeah, uh, give a baby CBD? Yeah. No. All right. right? I Maybe? don't
0: think, yeah. I'm, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'd be a bad Not parent. yet.
1: What I just learned is babies aren't for me. Look. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, all right, there we go.
1: Cool. Uh So, it it actually, if you could do anything, um, no matter your actual capabilities, uh, age, um, traveling the universe, whatever it is, what would be your ideal day? Like, what would you smoke? What would you eat? How would you go about your day? Could you fly? Like, well, what's, like the, what's this the, is like
2: the Sunday section in the Times, you know, that wow. section where it's like they follow a celeb around the city oh, yeah. and they're like, How do you spend your Sunday, <laughs> Matthew Broderick? or whatever. And he's like, Well, I wake up and I have coffee. And so it's yeah. like, Yeah, what your perfect day, right? Yeah, That's your dream day, yeah, dream day with Danny oh, Danko. Wow. And then we're going to sell it as a package.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yish. I mean, you know, I love days of of doing nothing really i mean i love to go on you know if you're on vacation and just like enjoy the beach and the pool and nature um dream destination where would
2: you be on that on that dream vacation destination
0: hmm i mean i there's so many parts of the world that okay, i love so it's a spaceship we have a
1: track <laughs> we have a spaceship that gets everywhere in one i second. mean
0: hawaii is pretty beautiful yeah. and amazing and like paradise on earth and i've gotten to go there a couple times which is amazing but spain is amazing i mean mm. the travel is the best part of the gig and that's the cool thing about cannabis too is like it's everywhere and mm. you don't you, you don't have to share a religion or an age group or a language with someone to share cannabis with them and make a friend anywhere on earth. Uh, and you know, that's the the best part is the travel. But God, I mean there's places I haven't been that I'd love to go to, like Australia and New Zealand and Nova Scotia and Would you be Newfoundland. F- would you
1: be smoking a joint <laughs> while you're in Newfoundland and
0: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I try to smoke joints everywhere I go. Um, for the most part,
2: uh, in Newfoundland it, wh- when I was growing up it was hash, but now they have the legal weed and they've got all these blueberry strains up there. Nice. Yeah. And
0: I love hash too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I love imported like Moroccan and Nepalese and, and Lebanese mm-hmm. and ha- all those hashes. And it's kind of sad, like how m- many of those countries are now pretty war torn, um, and you know, they're traditional hash producing countries that have been producing hash for thousands of years That's the thing people forget like we're stuck in in this little time of the last like 70 years of, of this m- uh, Marijuana prohibition thing, but marijuana has been a medicine and an amazing thing amazing substance Including hash and marijuana for thousands of years. It's been a medicine for far longer than it hasn't mm-hmm. and that's I mean we need to remind ourselves sometimes like You know, there's a reason this plant has thrived all over the world. And there's a reason cultures have been built around it, you know, Mm. and the hash, the traditional hash. Like I love dabs. I love, you know, including, you know, BHO and all the solvents and solventless and all the different things that are out there here and available. Uh But there's also the terroir of, you know imported you know those hashes from the traditional hash producing countries like afghanistan and uh, you know all throughout the middle east and asia um where they've been doing this for thousands of years and creating this amazing concentrated essential oil of cannabis product um that you smoke and enjoy and uplifts your life and enhances everything from your enjoyment of art and music to love making to Walks in a park. <laughs> so, Get, wait, we're can getting I, erotic now. Can we, <laughs> <yeah>. uh, so <laughs> we, can we
2: say, uh, you're on a Hawaiian beach smoking a joint of strawberry cough rolled up with some Lebanese hash.
0: <sighs> that sounds like paradise what are you eating <laughs> oh that's it yeah. what, you go have what are you sex? eating <laughs> before <laughs> you go have sex wow. <laughs> ouch and it's I mean, sunset you know, it's I, magic hour I, I, mangoes are like oh yeah man- you're eating mangoes mangoes are amazing and they actually enhance your high Ooh. like the myrcene is a terpene in mango that actually like makes you feel the the high more intensely and I love mangoes and I love getting high and I think the fact that the two complement each other is amazing so yeah, there would definitely be mangoes involved. Bring them to have sex yeah. too. Pineapples, pokey.
2: Ooh, yeah. Like a pokey bowl with some a poke pineapple.
0: Pokey bowl, pineapple.
2: Are you wearing a leg? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe I don't know. You, you know, paddle out. Mm. You know, check the oh, waves. Yeah. Damn. Two two foot swells. It's Sweet. about my size. Nice.
1: This is such a good day. God, the sky is purple and
2: pink. I can just see it now.
0: Yeah. That's good absolutely
1: and you're about to go to hawaii
0: i will be in february in hawaii so it's all not about to but yeah yeah i'm excited for that always but all the travel i mean like you know vancouver island is amazing in its own way and you know the basque country of spain all these places that cannabis has brought me to um it, it it's amazing i love the travel
2: Can we end with that perfect day? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Of
1: course. I felt so. Well, do you want to do some plugs? That's
2: so perfect. Yeah. Well, where, where can people find your book and where can they look for you in general?
0: Well, the book is on Amazon uh, and I sell signed copies on eBay. So if you go on eBay and you, you buy it, um, just put in the notes that you want it signed and who you want it signed to, if you'd like that. And what's Uh, the title? It's called Cannabis, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Marijuana. And um, yeah, like I said, Amazon, eBay, Uh, Barnes and Nobles and stores have it Um, And My social media is Danny Danko On Twitter Danny Danko on Facebook And Danny Danko HT on Instagram and My podcast is High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko on All the places you can get podcasts
2: Gosh man And you guys have dropped over 100 episodes now right
0: Yeah I think we're on 103 or 104 We're about to drop 104 um, So we're excited about that Yeah I mean, we started in 2011, so it's actually not that many episodes for that amount of time, but we took a couple of years off on a hiatus. Um, Mike became the editor-in-chief of the magazine, so my co-host is also, uh, you know, my boss. (laughs) 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 Uh, But, you know, the responsibilities that uh, we both kind of gained in the last couple of years made it more difficult to put the podcast out on a regular basis, but we're back and we're excited about that, and we, uh, you know, that's a great way to interact with, uh, listeners and fans and all that and yeah. I love it I love speaking as much you know even better more than I like writing yeah which I like even more than putting up sheetrock Uh so <laughs> 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 little by little I'm <laughs> making life easier on myself awesome and enjoying the cannabis along the way
1: man thank you so much
2: <laughs> thank you for coming thanks through. for having
0: me weed and grub yeah,
2: yeah we and, love it love you yeah
1: (laughs) and everyone out there thank you for your questions uh like and subscribe uh leave a review comment on our photos and follow us at weed and grub on instagram anything Uh, else
2: smoke with a stranger
1: yeah do that make a friend
2: oh Uh, yeah yeah keep keep fighting for what's right
0: indeed
1: bye everybody
2: bye
0: bye